Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Now, on with the show. ...to provide quality sessions during this time. With my other families, I'm doing about 20 to 25 minutes consultation with parents and then 30 to 35 minutes with the child. I don't like my clients to know that I have other clients. I tell all my clients that they're my only client. That sounds good. Sounds professional. I don't want to go to their house. I don't want to infect them. No, that's a nice way to say it. I don't want to infect you. Not that in reality, I don't want you to infect me. Hi. Hi. Is this it? Are we on? This is it. Is this thing on? This is, oh, is this that is not good for the microphone. Oh, is this thing on? Yep. Is that Been work? on. Is this thing on? Yep. Still. Is this thing on? No, not anymore. Is this thing on? Just turned it off. Is that on? Yep. All right. We're good. Kay. Sound speed, levels, and Ready? We're, we're back. We're here. We're here. We survived another week in this world without we're toilet loud. paper. We're proud. We've been squirting an empty bottle of ketchup <laughs> that was filled with water <laughs> up our BHs. It's my travel bidet. This it is your travel bidet. Our new piece of our podcast. Oh, those people are gawking at us through the window. Yeah, you guys are jealous. We're recording a podcast in here. You're walking out in the quarantine zone. A new feature that we're offering is crafts, where you can make things around the house that serve a purpose. Craft number one, travel bidet. Get an empty squeeze bottle of ketchup, clean it, <laughs> fill it with water, leave it next to your, your toilet, and then when you're done with your business, just enjoy the enjoy the show. It works okay. It's a nice little dribble. Yeah. You got you to have good grip strength you to squeeze it. You have to fill it. it all the way up because it's not squirting. It doesn't squirt up super well. Well, that's the problem is you need to actually... Do you ever see anyone do like aggressive twerking where their hands are on the ground, their feet are on the wall and they're yeah. shaking? You need to do that and like gravity help you. This is Reverse Psychology, the podcast where we talk about all things psychology. Exclusively psychology. I'm Dr. Diana. I am a licensed psychologist, I think, still in the state. That hasn't been canceled yet. No, and but much like restaurants can now sell <laughs> liquor out the back door, we also no longer need a license to practice psychology. Oh, um, and I think also a board certified behavior analyst, although I just heard that our big annual conference that has over 5,000 people is just now being transitioned to a virtual conference. Oh, that sounds so much better. Which is going to be interesting is there seeing gonna... all my old friends in our meetups. <laughs> oh, is there going to be the virtual talks and then a virtual bar that people are going to go to oh, and not yep. go to the talks? Yep. That sounds good. I know. Probably more people are going to go to sessions this way. Oh, God. That sounds awful. I know, right? Who goes Who goes to a conference for sessions? <laughs> Motherfucking nerds do. Ow. Yeah. So uh, this weekend... So I guess we're just assuming people know who I am? This I, I just want to say also about okay. myself. Okay. This week has been making me wonder what other things you can use instead of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Who are you? I'm Dr. Mike. I am a psychologist by day, street marauder by night. And I think I'm thriving in this environment. Yeah. So what else is canceled? Culture. Culture. Not our podcast. Not our podcast. Guess um, what? We can do this remotely. Yeah. We are in two different rooms right now. We're six feet. We're in the same room, but we I think we are six feet away from each other. I know. Weird brag, but we have a six foot long table. Also learned the coronavirus is not a sexually transmitted disease. So yeah, no matter how can, hard we're trying to catch it from each other. If you can six sex from six feet away, 
your your goal. You can't catch STDs through phone sex. I learned that. It's <laughs> true. If you have a case on your phone. A casey? A case on your phone. Oh, case? Uh-huh. Oh, I get it. Case on your phone is like a phone condom. We spent a lot of time together lately, so Yeah, we're not the the chemistry might be a little diluted <laughs> at this point. We're quarantined together. Mm-hmm. We're self-quarantined together. <laughs> I was just on vacation all week. <laughs> We've been doing like walk, getting out for walks. and We've been taking each other for walks. The dogs have been taking us for walks. Yeah, who's walking who, am I right? We did go walk to a park and have a nice we a, distance. We played soccer. Uh, yeah, you can still play soccer. We played ball kick. Yeah, we just played pass with a couple other people we stayed far away from. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're getting out in the world. Yeah, we're getting out there. Tried to go to Walmart. Oh, no. Got real depressed. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how prescient this monitor on psychology is? Yeah, this is a little example of insider trading, I feel like. <laughs> because okay. three the, months ago? Yeah. No, no, no. October 2019. When is that? <laughs> Five months ago. Five months ago. Monitor on psychology, the publication of the American Psychological Association, sent... <laughs> Is that a snore or just a sneeze? It definitely wasn't a sneeze because it was going in. <laughs> um, this was this whole issue is about happier workers. When it's done right, telework can boost morale yeah, and productivity. People love to work from home. You know, I, we don't keep magazines really that for that long, but I'm glad we kept this one. The get, get the get this. The pattern of what we keep and what we throw away is chaos. Yeah. It there is. is a like there's an entertainment weekly <laughs> that was delivered a year ago to the person who used to live here still i don't throw it away because there's the uh subscribe insert is put in there which makes me think that you're mid reading an article and i just don't have to throw it away <laughs> we also have a, an issue of the economist from like a, two and a half years ago in case you really want to know what was happening in iran at that time okay this is a joke now and it's sad that this is a joke but listen to this Listen to this stat from October 2019. Break up your ears, gang. More than 26 million Americans now work remotely at least part of the time, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. <laughs> Guess what that number is now, USBLS? 18%. Uh, try 99%. Do you think that once this is over, people will push to stay working remotely? Or do you uh, think people uh, will flock back to their jobs? Great question. Thank you. Um, I will take your answers in turn. Well, I think that our I don't think I think we're gonna be living in a new normal. So I think a lot. <laughs> what does even normal mean? I don't know. I mean, new normal. I think a lot of things normal? are gonna change. Lots. Yeah. I'm interested as a behavior analyst. I'm interested in behavior changes that mm-hmm. are going to sustain, maintain. Yes, that's part of what we're gonna talk about today. Oh, cool. Make a behavior change. You know, what we should do. Maybe we should talk about this off air, but we should invest in companies that make baby products because in nine months there's going to be a covid boom <laughs> because think they're going to call them the the corona generation they should the coronation <laughs> a bunch coronation of cro- when they're all together they're called a bunch of cronuts cronuts mm-hmm. <laughs> listen up you what's cronuts a, what's a cronut mike it's a mixture between a <laughs> croissant and a donut so your mom says the word croissant and i love it your mom. I think dr- she took a French lesson once. She took a French lesson <laughs> once, and only they specialize in foods. Because there's another, there's another word that she said like that. We have like Dijon. She's like Dijon. Your mom will sprinkle in some French sometimes just to keep She's it spicy. Classy. She's, She's classy. a classy broad. She's a classy lady. She has a driving ring, and an everyday walk. Not anymore. Walk- Where to go? 
she can't drive anymore. Did the the DMV take away her driver's license and her driving? That's ring? what happens. Please report to the DMV <laughs> to return your license. And that'd be so fucked up if they made you drive to the DMV to turn in your license. <laughs> and then they exchange it for a bus pass. Like, all right, good luck getting home. Buses are a nightmare. As happens when you get older and you have dementia, your doctor can rat you out. Can yeah, can and and it's supposed to actually. It's yeah. it's a it's a reporting procedure that's really important. Guys, April first is right around the corner. If you want to play a hilarious prank on your parents, anonymously report them to the DMV. No, you have to be a medical provider. Sorry. I think I, you can actually you can make anonymous reports too. Anyways. if you want to see your dad pissed off and have to go take his driver's test again, anonymous oh call. God. That would yeah. All right. I'd love to see so, my dad do a driver's test. He drives sometimes like an asshole. <laughs> do you want to hear any other funny things about working from home? Yeah. What's, that are jokes that what? were that were relevant then. Jokes and we're living in. Jokes now. Yep. Oh, you sh- you should read them out loud. Okay. <laughs> Along with social isolation, the clouding of work family boundaries is a significant challenge for remote employees. People who are like having to become homeschool teachers are probably laughing at that one. Yeah. One analysis showed that the blurring of such boundaries causes remote workers to associate their... Right at your mouth. One analysis showed that the blurring of such boundaries causes remote workers to associate their homes with their work work roles as work obligations repeatedly intrude upon family time. Hmm. So... Is that saying that you act like you're at work when you're with your family? Yeah. I think basically work-life balance is a thing of the past because we're all just working and trying to survive... We're all yeah. just trying to make it make it happen. Oh, there's social support for teleworkers. Handful of organizations are effectively using research insights to build evidence-based remote work problems and reaping the awards. They planted some ideas and they're reaping rewards. It's reward season. The comp this company, Aetna, has collaborated oh, with psychologists. Yeah. Has collaborated with psychologists at Cornell to proactively address is- issues such as employee isolation and has seen rewards, including reduced real estate costs and better talent retention. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't even understand I don't that. I don't understand that at all. You know what you know what is a hot tip? This is crafting tip number two. If you're feeling lonely, Put a mirror up in every room and it looks like there's another person in there. That's what they do for birds in cages. Or, or take that coat rack and put a hat and a coat on it. G- get your <laughs> get your record player, put it on the ground, put a coat rack on top of it with a, <laughs> a jacket around it, have it spin. Meanwhile, get a train set, put your favorite cutout of Michael Jordan or Patrick Ewing, whichever one fits better, have it run around, then go outside and look in at the fun party that's going on. <laughs> We'll come back in the morning. And then later on, get lost in New York. And get touched on the shoulder by Donald Trump. Ugh, don't invoke that name in our household. Two more times and he's going to show up. <laughs> I just took a sip of water at a bad at a bad time. I know. All right. So what's... What else we got what, going on today? How do we segue into our topic? Because I think that's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> no, no other fun stuff to talk about? Like what? Like what the TV sh- what the TV show is you're watching? What show am I watching? Shit's Creek. Yeah. Oh, I love that show. It is good show. Well, talked about that one. Cross that off the list. I hope people are listening to more podcasts now because of staying indoors. And I'm all caught up on my podcast for the first time ever. I have no nude podcast. What is on your wrist? My watch. What is it saying? We had well, I mean, I'll tell you. We had a family meeting today via Zoom. Family meeting. And um, this episode was, brought to you by families. Yeah everyone's personalities really highlighted on zoom you know 
Yeah. Does Zoom work like Snapchat where you can put a filter over people? <laughs> no. That'd be so funny to have like a very serious family meeting, but everyone everyone's face is a fox's face with a rainbow in the background. It really cuts the tension of the meeting. That's true. No, we didn't have that. I'm going to pitch that idea to serious. Zoom. I know it was. And I was then in the now other everyone's texting about it. Sometimes at so work, if, if we're in a dumb meeting, I like to text people in the meeting going, are you at this meeting? And I just watch them read it and stare at me. I did text my sister mid-meeting and said, your hair looks really good today. Oh, I know. Was it true? Yeah, it was true. Good. Did you uh, take a picture? It would have lasted longer. <laughs> Took a screenshot. Did you? No. Oh, they'd be so sad to take a screenshot of that and then print it and then just uh, uh, thumbtack it to the wall. Oh, you know what is on the rise this week? I thought you were going to say on the rag. On the rise. You know who's on the bed on the rag lately? No. What's on the rise? Who's on the rise? What's on the rise? Now for our next segment, who's on the rise? <laughs> Puke buckets. Because people are now having to FaceTime with their parents. Well, who, why, are you, why are they puking? Because parents can't hold phones still. Oh, yeah. You've seen so much of the inside of your parents' nose. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I love FaceTiming your mom while you're talking to your dad. The phone calls between you and your dad, but your mom is holding the FaceTime at her face because you can just watch her processing <laughs> the conversation. And she is just, just. She also whispers things at like at the phone as if she, I don't know if my dad can hear, but she'll be like, my dad will be talking about someone and she'll go, I hate her. <laughs> yeah. Or he'll say stuff like, you know, I think your mom is just what she really needs. And then she'll just like shake her head. No. <laughs> Oh, it's my new favorite TV show. It's a show. real comedy hour. It's a, it, it's a real must-see TV. I mean, the phone call is about three to four minutes, but it feels like a TGIF. comedy hour. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get on with it. We got we, we had got a very long talk about. bedtime conversation recently about Reginald Val Johnson. <laughs> if you guys want to feel really good, if you want to have your heart melted, Google his name and go to the pictures. There's his headshot from his prime is him playing an air bass guitar. <laughs> Wait, people might not know who he is. Reginald Vell Johnson is the the African-American police officer in any TV show in growing up. In the 80s up. or 90s. Family Matters, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, uh, NYPD Blue, <laughs> Homicide, <laughs> The Wire, Oz. He's not in The Wire. He's not in The Wire. No, he was. He played Omar. No, he didn't. You, no, you didn't know that was him? Shut up. There's a flash forward of him this is older. This true. This is not true. He plays Omar's dad. Okay. Carl. <laughs> Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Did I do that? Yes. He Carl Weathers. Malcolm Jamal White. Do you know? You know who Carl Weathers is right. <laughs> the character's name is Carl Winslow. Carl Weathers is an actor. <laughs> That's right. Reginald Val Johnson plays Carl Weathers in Family Matters. <laughs> Carl Weathers, who lives next to a genius, blurred. Wait, Carl Weathers is in. So one of the Rocky movies, right? Yeah. Apollo? Is he Apollo? Yeah. He's oh. Apollo Creed. In one, two, three, four. And then in flashbacks. And he's also in Arrested Development. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, no. He was in Predator. Oh, he was? He was one of the jacked men in Predator. All right. He Can we go on to the topic? Okay. No reviews. Hey guys, if you want to really spice up the show, review this podcast. Yeah, especially now more than ever because I think podcast listening is on the rise. I did download a podcast about the 1918 Spanish flu. How was it? I haven't started yet. The tagline is, this is really bad. So 
the tagline is of the show. It's going to get you. It's called going viral. And then it says, um, these people, blah, blah, blah. They investigate the most devastating pandemic of all time. The 1918 Spanish influenza part scientific detective story, part historical inquiry. All Uh, sexy. Going viral takes listeners to the scene. Da, 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 da. And then this was done in 19, no, 2018, which was the 100-year anniversary of it, oh, right? So two years ago. And then it said, if the world were haunted by another devastating pandemic, how would we cope? That dun, was dun, dun. That was the tag. I am so excited. Good. To listen to it in this our times might, now. My bedtime listen. Okay, let's get right. to the topic. Topic. What is it? So, Diana, we are living, we're living in strange times. Yeah. And... It is crucial that people change their behaviors. Sure. And one thing that we know is that a lot of the best advice that we're given is stuff that we sh- should have been doing all along. Right. Like washing your hands. Right. Brushing your teeth. <laughs> staying active. Being healthy. All that stuff. Uh-huh. But people don't do that. Okay. I wanted to talk about two models or, or theories <gasps> of healthy behavior change. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So oh, I thought. Yeah, I know one. Let's. I know one. Wait. I might know both of them. There's a bunch of different ones. I'm can gonna, I can I guess which ones you're going to talk about? You can about? guess. Okay. And I'll tell you at the end if you were right. Uh, do you, okay. I'll tell you right after you guess. I know. <laughs> Why would you wait to the end? Turns out the answer was inside you all along. Is it the trans theoretical model? I'm actually not going to do Ooh, that one. Is it the health health um Hapa health something something? Nope. Oh. There's not one. Are you talk about motivational interviewing? No, that's not really a model of change. That's yeah, more of a I know. therapy. I know, I know, I know. Which we can talk a little bit about. I'm going to do the health belief model uh-huh. and the theory of planned behavior. They're okay. very similar. I don't know these. Well, you're in luck. So let's talk about why psychologists might need to know about behavior change models. Yeah, why, why would you need to know? You of all people need to know this. As a psychologist or as a person? First one, then the other. And then and I'll guess at the end which one you're talking about. Okay, so obviously the whole goal of therapy is behavior change. That's like the end goal all the time, right? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, like some people, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but some people think change the behavior first, you change the thought process, mm-hmm. or not, maybe. And then some people think that you change the thought process and you change the behavior. Yeah. And some people think you do it all together. The other thing is, so a lot of this stuff is about why people might engage in unhealthy behaviors or how mm. do we get people to do healthier behaviors? The big problem is that even though we are shown it's failure over and over and over and over and over again, people still think that knowledge is the issue. So like if, oh, I, if I just right. explain yep. to yep. you... Yep, yep, yep that mcdonald's is bad for you you're definitely gonna stop eating right. it much like well the problem is for some people that might work oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. No, no, no. but that's because there's a lot of underlying mechanisms at play where knowledge is really feeding into that and so we're, we're going to talk about that because there's there's a lot of unseen forces that will get someone to engage in healthy behavior or not right case in point if you think knowledge alone is good then look at every one of those assholes in miami that were like this virus isn't gonna ruin my spring break, and like they're told, like, "Hey, you're gonna you're you're gonna get sick, and you're gonna get everyone else sick." And they're like, "Okay, cool." Mm-hmm. So it's a good impression. I've been working on it all morning. <laughs> I've been in front of a mirror. <laughs> it was a seal. Did you know that? Oh. That's a seal. Yeah, seals have been wildly. Oh, they're so cocky. 
yeah, in the face of this whole pandemic. Cecile <laughs> walks into a bar, dies immediately because he's a, he's a sea animal. Where they does, can live on the land Where for do a while. seals sleep? Do they sleep on the land? I don't know. Do they float? It seems like a different conversation. That's actually, I changed topics. <laughs> Topic today is where, where do seals sleep? So I'm going to talk about two models. We, depending on how long this health crisis goes on, we might end up going through all the models eventually. But the whole reason that we research this is because we, it's important to understand why someone would choose a healthy behavior or why someone knowingly resorts to an unhealthy behavior. Because if we can understand it, we can then better develop individual or more meaningful now public interventions that could get people to change their behavior don't you think it also depends on who thinks it's a problem um that that for both of these models that is a piece of the puzzle Mm -hmm. is their individual stake in it Mm -hmm. but like i'm thinking about like every year people getting the flu shot Mm-hmm. or people just like like it's for the good of society yeah it's for, for the greater good or it's like now like washing your hands the crazy thing is how many people i've heard complaining like oh <laughs> I no i gotta wash my hands it's like what the fuck have you been doing up until this point also can we tweak this public message to also include brushing <laughs> your teeth because jesus christ some of the people i've been seeing recently it's like you clearly have a quota of 10 seconds in the bathroom you, you had to choose between washing your hands or brushing your teeth this morning well you know what is funny about that how is do you smell like soil in the 1918 spanish flu people did think that keeping your mouth clean helped spread the virus helped with the spread Reduce the spread of the virus. Okay. And so that was like a big... I mean, they didn't have science back then, you know? So... <laughs> science was invented in it, 1943, it wasn't was. it? They just understood so little about what they By were Hector dealing science? With. <laughs> yeah. So... But no, seriously, they didn't really know how to prevent it at all. And so they w- came up with all these ideas. And one of them was to keep your mouth clean. So I think that was probably with when soap? people started bettering their oral hygiene. Oh, still lasts to this day. Thank you, Spain. Okay. Okay. First model we're going to talk about is Heather Locklear. Is she a model? She's an actress. She's a model. She's a model. That's good. Is she around still? Um, yeah. Good for her. Health belief model, HBM, which I don't know if people call it that or not. Probably not. Probably not because there's no in parentheses. I do know this model. I just, yeah, I do know a little bit about it. Okay. It was the first uh-huh. studied model of behavior change. So this is this is, this is, is the it, groundwork. Is it what you were saying before about like changing people's knowledge, well, like psychoeducation? No. So this is a build on top of that. So so this is this is like the earliest one of the earliest attempts at really seeing, looking at. All right, why might someone have this piece of knowledge in their hand and not use it? Oh, can you give me a hint? Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. A hint you asked what? me about it, and then I didn't really know. I said, "What do you know?" About? <laughs> I said, "Kind of nothing." Talk about it. I have no. I know that I've heard of it. Okay, that's good. Okay, tell so me about it. So the health belief model in a nutshell, then I'll go more into the nitty and Do the gritty. Do we still use this? Yeah. Wait, so let's talk about why models are important though first. Because they tell us what fashion is cool. They give Tyra Banks a job. Make it work. That's not Tyra Banks. That's my, do you want to hear my impression of Tyra Banks? <laughs> Designers, you've been nexted. That is Tim Gunn. I would never put him in the same category as Tyra Banks. Who's better? TG? Yeah, Tim Gunn. Oh, he's so good. Okay, so... Models are really important. Models that we base our work are on or around because without models, we don't know how change happens. Yeah. Or like we... Or why it happens. Or why it happens. So whenever like we write... So I just wrote a grant, got funded, no big deal. Brag. Big old grant. We had to identify the model of change that we were using. Like how... 
how our intervention would get people to change their behavior, we had to we had to support it with an underlying change model that the people knew like, okay, this is what we're operating on and this is what it's going to look like. So models are important in large projects, but it's also important in like working with clients as well. Absolutely. So a way to think about models is without understanding how a car works, it's chaotic. So like, let's say like you go to cars every so often, a car will start and you can drive it. Other times you try to turn on, it doesn't start. But without a general understanding of the inner workings of it, you're, you'll never know how to fix the car or identify what the actual problem is. But with like a model of the inner workings, like gasoline and an engine and carburetors, those mm, knowing like those, use th- all those words, I know knowing how the inner workings are, it's easier to to target what's going off the rails to get it back to working again. Mm-hmm. So the health belief model, it's a theory that posits that beliefs about the effectiveness, the ease, and the consequences of doing or not doing a behavior will determine whether or not we actually do that behavior. It's like response effort in applied behavior analysis. We yeah, absolutely. About that. So if something's hard and presents with less reinforcement available, you're unlikely to see a change. So like in order to change behavior, you have to up the level or the amount or the quality of reinforcement to offset how much more effort the behavior will be. Absolutely. So where this came from in uh, what year was this? Oh, there's a citation. 1910, 1920. Yeah. Keep 1935. Keep, keep calling it out. 1942. This is the see. This is what I th- what I mean when I say vamping. 1964. Where are the references on this? We're going to party like it's 1969. I feel like at this point you could have Googled it. I know I could have. Well, it all began. (laughs) A group of uh, social psychologists were approached by the U.S. Public Health Service Mm -hmm. and asked to to study and explain why people don't engage in large-scale interventions to identify and prevent diseases. So kind of like now, like why why people might not go get tested for certain things okay. or why like on college campuses, why why students might not voluntarily get tested for an STD or who wants to know they have an STD. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Keeps everyone. It's like a it's like it's like a Russian roulette. Yeah. So they they worked on a model uh, to extend. How can we explain when people will respond to an illness or respond to like the encouragement to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to get more college students to get tested. It wasn't wasn't specifically for college students. It was more looking at wide scale because we, we just know that the response to these large programs are always extremely low. When there is a call for a blood drive or there's like the adherence to flu shots, like all these things. It is hard. But so prior to that, it seemed really confusing too because it's like, hey, we're telling you you need to do this. Why aren't you doing this? And so now the U.S. Public Health Service actually recruited some scientists. The formulation of the health belief model provides an an illustration on how the uh, social, cognitive, and behaviors views have influenced health psychology. B.F. Skinner, you ever hear of him? Mm-hmm. He believed that we learned to do a certain behavior if it was followed by a positive outcome or reinforcement. Mm-hmm. If we exercise and we feel better afterwards, we're much more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. Or it, someone compliments us on our physique. Yeah. Like, oh, damn, girl, you look good. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to keep doing this. And so the health belief model is a value expectancy theory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In which the values and expectations have been reinforced from abstract concepts into health-related behaviors and concepts. Uh, One example, 1950s, a large number of eligible adults did not get themselves screened for TB, 
although TB was a big health problem in the 50s and the screenings were free, in one study involving more than 1,200 adults, researchers found that 82% of the people who believed they were susceptible and who believed early detection worked had at least one voluntary chest x-ray. Only 21% of the people who had neither got an x-ray. Wait, say the two things again that you had to believe. So if you believed that you were at risk okay, and if you believe that early detection would make a difference. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. You are much more likely to get the chest x-ray. And if x-ray. you believed that you were not at risk. If you didn't think you're at risk or if you didn't believe it would make a difference knowing or not, mm. you're much less likely to go get this free chest x-ray screening. So also really interesting with that too is that a lot of these programs were about knowledge and about like cost. Like, oh, it's free. Like, go do it. Why not? Right. But it's much more meaningful. So cost is not a barrier. Cost is very rarely a barrier. Well, cost cost is a barrier, but low cost isn't a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like if, if Yeah, I, yeah. No, that makes sense. Like if I think I'm at risk and I think getting screened would make a difference, but if it costs $100, I might not go. But if I don't think I'm at risk, I don't think right. it's going to help, and it's free, I'm probably not going to go. What about when Publix gives you a $10 gift certificate after you get your flu shot there? That is absolutely why I got a flu shot. <laughs> because a Publix sub is $9. And so you can get a Publix sub and a can of Diet Coke for a flu shot. Mm-hmm. For, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. All yeah, right. Thank you, Publix. So how does the health model explain behavior? Uh, the model says that individuals will perform healthy behaviors if they believe they are susceptible to a health issue. If they believe it will have a severe consequence. if Only on them. Uh, on them personally. Okay. If they believe that their behavior will be beneficial in reducing the severity of the problem. And if they believe that the anticipated benefits of the behavior outweigh the costs or barriers. So that all four of those have to be true? So... Those are the factors that will contribute. With every yes, the potential of your behavior gets higher and higher. Okay. So So what's happening right now while people won't stay inside? So that's a great question. Let's let's break it down and say, do you think that this is an issue for it? Okay. So broadly, with the health belief model, there's two categories of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Belief in the threat Mm -hmm. and belief in the effectiveness of behavior change. Mm Mm-hmm. So belief in the threat. For one, I think a lot of people, because with this virus, you, you can't really see it. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't the same thing as like a hurricane where like you can see. Or a rash. Or a rash. Or a stash. <laughs> Mustache epidemic. <laughs> like you can't see it. And so I think people have a harder time understanding why. Even when like bars and restaurants are closing, people are still moving out publicly to other places. Yeah. And people aren't really seeing other people really sick yet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's so distant that I I do think a lot of people don't believe what's going on. I've heard from a lot of people that I'm not at this risk group. I'm young or I'm not sick or I don't have asthma. So it's not affecting me. Like they're cognitively able to put themselves in a different category that says this isn't relative to me. Or even, even so like with that threat, it's like, even if people know that I can get it, I've also heard a lot of people that are our age saying, if I get it, it's going to be mild. The perceived risk is low. Sure. And so people don't really see the exponential effect of, yes, maybe for you it's low, but you can pass it to someone where it's worse. Mm-hmm. And that's my ref- my whole refrain. I kept saying, and I'll your say, coda? and I'll say until I can't say anymore. Keep saying it, baby. The more people who have it, the more people who will get it. And 
the thing is that because this is very abstract it's very complex because in the individual case yes a person who's younger will not be as ill because you have access to the care that will help you get better Mm -hmm. but if it spreads more and more and more and our resources become more scarce then the impact will get worse because you don't have the treatments available that will help you Mm -hmm. and the big thing too is that like people especially in america people that are going on these uh, ventilators Mm -hmm. are not coming off of them it's not like you go on you get better in a week and then that becomes a a free thing to use again our death toll is lower because people are being sustained on these things but they're not getting better at the rate where we can then use them Hmm. and so the potential to get worse is going on Hmm. but people don't tend to think they think in straight line fashion not uh, the exponential Mm -hmm. way but the other category, the beliefs in the uh, effectiveness of barriers. So it's basically that balance of like, is this going to be helpful? What's the cost? Mm-hmm. And I think people are weighing out that like this feels costly or it feels like ext- it's really costly. It is, especially when people are looking at like lost income. Yeah. And lost wages. Right. So how is the government making us feel better about all this one thing that calms people's fears is is chaos and confusion so i think changing the story <laughs> day by day is good because we keep coming back looking what's the story today what's the new story um uh-huh. it's also good because people who have not had to struggle for money in a very very long time are now in charge of what people need to live sure and so you know, like a thousand dollars a month is good right like yeah, totally you, you, that you can do everything mm-hmm. on that it's like my how my dad thought that a dozen eggs cost twelve dollars. Yeah, dollar an egg. What's a what's a banana? A handful of ones. <laughs> I think that's that big thing where people are. Even if people believe they're at risk, the cost is still very high to like not go to work, to not leave the home. Right. And so I think those are big things at play right now, where a lot of the people that are spreading it don't think that they're at fault. Delting it. They're delting it, and. <laughs> A lot of people that do believe that they're at risk, the cost of not doing what they're doing every day is too high. They're not, they're not willing to change their behavior. Right. So you, okay. You don't believe your behavior is going to make a difference. Yeah. And you don't think there is a tangible risk. Right. And you think that the cost is greater than the benefit. Okay. So this is a, sounds like a shit storm, basically. Yeah. Based on what you're saying, because I do feel like all those things are in place. I don't think people think it's a big deal. Right. I think that people are really scared and there's lost income, mm-hmm. lots and lots and lots of lost income. Yep. And I think and the real fucked up thing is the lost income also comes with lost health care for a lot of people. Yeah. Because if you're getting laid off, I know. It's almost like we shouldn't have a, a chaotic system where health care is tied to <laughs> your profession. So many prescient things. I know. We just, if we could have just. Prescient moments? Prescient. <laughs> Is that a thing we can start doing? Yes. I love it so much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to coin that. Good. Oh, good. Take that to the bank. Yeah, mint it. Yep. All right. So so what happens when people don't have that? What can we do? A lot of the encouragement is trying to make the risk more relatable or, okay. or just, just less abstract. And I think that slowly the media is trying to show the exponential growth. They're trying to show how it spreads. They're trying to show why hand washing makes a difference mm-hmm. why the social distancing makes a difference mm-hmm. uh, but even then i think that we really need to find ways to reduce the cost of this stuff and i, I do think a lot of places are starting to do that where it's like free workout classes online yeah. like free access to books again ken burns m- made his 18-hour baseball documentary oh, for I free know. this the um 
World Health Organization actually just said that with proper rationing and your family holding itself to once a day, there are enough Fast and Furious movies to last you nine days. <laughs> so you like stuff like that, like one one Fast and Furious a day, and then just discuss for the rest of the day. I, I'm on I'm on five of nine. Oh, good. <laughs> I have a few more days to go before I need to find a new franchise. Okay, so that was the original model for okay. trying to understand this stuff. A slightly more streamlined or like a repackaged model was the theory of planned behavior. So another way to predict whether a person is going to do something is to ascertain whether that person intends to do something. So it's looking at what is the probability that we will perform a behavior that we're trying to get someone to do. So it's like, for instance, if we're just talking about hand wash. A person's intention is the probability that they'll actually change that behavior. They'll actually engage in that hand washing behavior. And so it's essentially the estimate of the probability of doing something. Uh, so if you're asked if you want a dessert at the start of a meal, when you're hungry, the probability of you saying yes is higher than if after the meal. Our intentions, there's a lot of things that will influence our, our prediction. The noise. The, 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 yes. The noid. The noid. As in avoid the... We're trying to avoid the noid. So the theory of planned behavior assumes that people decide to behave a certain way on the basis of intentions that depend on the attitude towards the behavior, their perceptions about the norms of the behavior, and their perceived control of that behavior. The attitudes, this would include things like our beliefs about the likely outcome of the behavior, the evaluations of the outcome. Is it worth it? Is it something we're actually wanting to do? If you're rooting for the virus, you're probably not going to change your behavior. Mm. People who are in close contact with the elderly or people who are compromised, their outcome is probably really influencing their attitudes. But like a younger person who lives on their own might not have the same attitude towards it because it's not that relevant to them. Sure. The norms, it's our beliefs on what's normalized. What are other people doing? And like, what's the social pressure to do it? Mm. So there really has been a lot of social pressure in quarantining, staying home. There's even an Instagram, what do you call it? Sticker that says stay at home that you can put on your posts. Oh, yeah. Good. That's so you know there's some social change. Yeah. The perception of our norms are the per perception of what other people are thinking. In the case of this whole virus thing, like... If you're in a group of people that are all very like taking it seriously, you're probably much more likely to have the intention of taking it seriously. Whereas if you are in a group of people that aren't taking it seriously, or if you don't think that it's that big of a deal and you're not seeing people acting like it's a big deal, you're probably a lot less likely to have the intention of changing your behavior. And then the perceived control, uh, it's, it's looking at just if we think it's within our wheelhouse, our ability to change our behavior. And if we think a behavior will matter. Well, I'm just thinking of like the whole work from home, you know, like it's great for people who have like, what do you call it? White collar jobs. Yeah. But like, there's not a, I don't know. I don't, I think in terms of people like staying at home, if you work from home, it's, and you're like in one of those jobs where you can, it's easy. But if you're not a white collar worker and you are normally out somewhere as a waitress or server or, you know, something else, bartender, I think it will be harder to stay at home. Mike's not listening to me. So. I am. I was trying to, I was making sure I knew what I was going to say next. Okay. Do you know? Oh, yeah. Ow! <laughs> Your depth perception's way off. <laughs> but I think you are right. I think that it, a lot of this quarantining and a lot of this behavior change stuff, it, it is really like a privileged idea where yeah. if you're a mechanic, you can't work from home. You can't work remotely. Right, right, like I right. can't call you and show you a picture of my car and like, all right, like put it on your lift, clean out the spark plugs. Right. 
Uh, I'll zoom you in. I'll zo- yeah, let's do a Zoom meeting. So it, it is, a lot of people might have that sense of, yes, everyone's staying at home. This is risky to come do, uh, to go out. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like if you have, like if you know you reducing your intake of fried food is, if you like know by knowledge, like that's healthier for you. Your doctor's saying to do that. If you believe that changing your diet is going to be healthier. But if you're around people that are eating garbage or like drinking a lot or using drugs, it's, you're probably still going to use, do those things. Hmm. But even if you're around healthier people, if you truly believe that you don't have control over your behavior or you don't think you can change, you're probably not going to change. Like it's going to be hard to sustain and stick with those things. So the social aspect. So this model takes way more into consideration the social aspect i think so yeah i think that while the first model is very much in beliefs and beliefs can be formed socially i think this is looking much more at the norms of who who we're around Mm -hmm. how do you think other people are thinking how do you think other people are acting and how is that going to influence if you're going to change your behavior Mm -hmm. again because like one of those things is like people probably know logically if you just purchase one package of toilet paper everyone's going to be able to get a package of toilet paper and we're going to have more than enough to go around. But if people believe that other people are hoarding and buying more than they need, that's going to influence yeah, people also right, right. buying more than they need. Well, we're selfish creatures. We're driven yeah. to and protect I think, ourselves. I think that idea of control is a big thing where you don't have control over how people are acting. You don't have control over when more is going to show up. And so you don't have control, you think other people are doing this, that's going to override your whole belief about what the uh, the benefits of, of rationing are. And so it, it, exactly like I said, you, we're going to act more selfishly. Given this idea, what do you think are some ways we can we could or should be encouraging people to change their behavior? The other thing that I know about behavior change is the more that you... So they've done these studies of like just having ads places to like increase knowledge, right? Like stay out of your house or or sorry, stay in your house. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe like an ad on a bus or something like that. And when they add a celebrity or like a known person onto you who's maybe saying or doing that thing, like staying in your mm-hmm. house or saying you shouldn't stay in your house. Elf says stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> they know that um, that be- that has a tendency to increase people's compliance with that. Really? Yeah. It does the opposite for me. Well, like if Chris Pratt's on a bus telling me not to do something, I'm like, well, it's easier for you to say that. You're Chris Pratt. Yeah, they did that. They did a study with um littering. Who was who is the celebrity? Do you remember? I don't remember. Who do you think is the most effective celebrity to put on an ad? I don't think it even matters. Just someone big that just everyone knows. You know. Yeah. What do you think is the lowest level celebrity you can have in an ad while <sighs> still being effective? Like Munch from Law and Order. <laughs> Richard Belzer says, <laughs> wash um, your hands after shit. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, Polly Shore. Do you think that would still pull some influence? Yeah. Who is the blonde kid along with Keanu and uh, Bill Ted's Excellent Adventure? Oh, uh, what is his name? I don't remember. But they're coming out with a new one soon. I know. But uh, they, like that'd be funny to like see him on a bus. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, littering is totally even, not right. Like even if people don't know the name of the celebrity, but they've seen the face before. Yeah, I've seen that person. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's it'd crazy. be funny to have a celebrities can convince people to do a lot of things. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a big. I, th- I think there have been a lot of. I think my frustration with this quarantining is that a lot of celebrities have been oh stay at home but they're doing it from their giant mansions yeah, and it's like a, it's a bit different they're private staying in tennis- your apartment yeah oh it's so easy to like go, just go to your personal gym don't go to the public one whereas people are in like their studio apartments trying to do a cartwheel <laughs> so uh, I, do, I do think there's probably like a matching law there somewhere with mm-hmm. like 
do you remember Cribs? MTV Cribs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most depressing slash amazing one, one was Moby. Because yeah. Moby like still lived in a studio apartment in New York City. Yeah. And it was just, it was kind of a downer. But I feel like that would be, I would be more likely to quarantine if Moby was like, hey, if I can be in my apartment, mm-hmm. you can be in your apartment. Totally. Not like uh, some rich person. So you're asking me how to change people's behaviors in this yeah. situation. Well, one thing I know that's changing people's behavior is police in toilet paper aisles. Police? Police or like security guards. Mm. Like really holding people to you can only take one. Yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. But like now stores have to put up signs. Please only take one. Da, da, da. And it, I mean, they're enforcing it. And I think that's definitely changed behaviors. I think that it's, I, it's a good start, but I think blanket the same number to every person is oh un- totally is unfair yeah absolutely because i think there needs to be some sort of like uh, a needs assessment like you look at the quality of the person's shit and you say oh that like if someone's eating all vegetables and it's one of those like you don't even need to wipe it's so healthy of a bm like y- you're fine but if you're a gross person and you're getting real sticky shits you get well, more no i'm and there were like workarounds today too. They were posting, people were posting on Facebook. Like if you, if you go to this store, you know, bring two adults and have separate carts so that you can get, you know, two of, every, I don't like that. you know, whatever. So, I mean, whatever, but it's like, when you just talk about straight behavior change, yeah, this is behavior change. Yeah. You know what? We should go to a party city and buy pinatas and tablecloths. Why? Because you can use those as toilet paper. Oh, good call. They'd be so funny to have a pinata in your bathroom that you're just like tearing little <laughs> sheets of toilet paper off of. <laughs> What's inside? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. It's just for the outside paper. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> we should have like our trash cans full of just like cardboard horses with all the paper torn off of it. Someone posted, it was kind of funny the other day. Um, I'll tell you if it was funny. Okay. So, um, you know, like at wedding showers, um, sometimes they have people like make a wedding dress out of toilet paper. Yeah. Um, so someone posted a picture of themselves from a while ago at their wedding shower and was like, this is clearly before 2020, <laughs> something like that. I saw one kind of like that. It was a house that was TP'd. <laughs> it was like 2019. This is a prank. 2020, increasing your property value. Uh, 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 oh, that's uh, funny. Man. This shit is funny. I know. Speaking of which, I'm, I'm saving all my BMs for work now. Great. Yeah. I love that idea. Do you want to come to work with me? Yeah. Just use the bathroom? I do. I just want to get out of my house. Okay. You can, you can come to work with me. There's literally going to be no one there. I'm good. I'll get some stuff done here, hopefully. Okay. And um, yeah. Now that this hunk won't be walking around, I'll be back at work. I think this is a good topic. I, I enjoyed you. it. Thank um, you. We have, we have, there's a few more theories that we can come back to later on if need be. I also, I, I, funny, I referenced a change theory with a client the other day in therapy mm. where I said, it really seems like you're all, you are all in the contemplation model or the oh. content. Yeah. The contemplation phase. Yeah. Cause Stage. they were like, why didn't you bring this up before? And I was like, well, I wasn't quite sure where you were in terms of your stage of change. And I didn't want to like impose it on you if it wasn't, if you weren't ready for it. Yeah. Cause if you bring up ideas too for soon. people too soon, it can backfire. Yeah, knowing knowing where they are in that process, which maybe we'll do that next time. We'll talk about the stages of change. Stages of change. Stages, stages of change. Stages of change. Stages of change. They're drinking and they're smoking. <laughs> they're in the bathroom toking. I'm really am not joking. Aww. Stages Is of change. Their house is a museum. <laughs> 
that's a that's a that's a part that they never really explored in the Adams family. Yeah, the house was a working museum. When when did they have guests? And you really want to see them? Yeah, is that it? Apparently not. I, I never saw. You really want to see? Wait, yeah. is that the word? That it is. I've never saw. I've never seen one episode where they had a guest walking through the museum seeing it. All right. On that note, okay. Well, I hope you guys all have a wonderful week. Yeah. We love you and hope that you're well and safe and, you know, love yourself. Taking care of yourself. Love each other. Be healthy. Love us. Love us. Leave a review. Leave a review. Lilas. And we will see you next time. Okay. Love, love you. you. Bye. Bye. There's also really famous people uh, from their is that house. David? Where? That is David. Ah, oh, if only our windows were open. He's fucking fast. I know he is fast. Jesus, David, looking good. Our Spanish friend David just ran by. <laughs> yeah, hey David. If our window was open, I would have called him in. Oh. Have him talk on the podcast. That's um, cute. What? That was cute. Yeah, I love when we know people. And so. Uh.